Welcome to Clear Thinking, a podcast by Better Broadhead. We are a coalition serving the communities of the Broadhead School District, working to reduce youth substance use, bullying, and dating violence through education, awareness, and advocacy. This is episode 27, part three in our series about prevention and outreach to the LGBTQ community. In this episode, Megan Altfilish, the Community Services Coordinator for Better Broadhead, interviews a youth in Greene County who identifies as agender. Kit is joined by their mom and shares with us some of their story and experience. It is our hope that hearing this episode, we can all learn something new about gender identity, the transgender experience, and how to be a more supportive community for those who identify as something different from cisgender. That is the gender which matches the sex we are assigned at birth. Before going to the interview, I want to express my thanks and appreciation to Kit for joining us today. It is no small thing for a child in elementary school to navigate such a complicated journey with gender identity, let alone speak to it in such a public way as this. As you'll hear, Kit has a lot to teach all of us and does so with an enthusiasm, maturity, and courage that really impressed us. Thank you, Kit, and thank you all for listening. Thank you both um, for coming today. I really appreciate it. Um, Kit, my first question is for you. Um, When did you realize that you were unhappy with the gender that was assigned to you at birth? Well, I don't think that unhappy is quite the right word because I wasn't really unhappy with it. It was more that I realized that um, being a girl didn't fit me anymore. That wasn't who I was. And the time when I probably figured that out, I, it's kind of hard to tell. Tell it's not just it's not like a light switch. It's just it's just that slowly you you start to know about all these different things, and you're like, oh, I think that might be me. But if I had to guess an age, I would probably say the as soon as I um was eleven. I know for you, it was, once you told me, there was a lot of um, thinking out loud. Yeah. And it wasn't like, um, boom, this is what I know. It was, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. Maybe this fits me better. Maybe that fits me better. Yeah. And it was a lot easier to figure it out with um, me being able to talk to you about it. Yeah. You have a second pair of views. Yeah. That is so great. And and Kit, what were you feeling during those times um, when you knew something wasn't quite right? What were you feeling? I wasn't really feeling anything in particular. I, I was just like, hmm. when, when I uh, told my mom, I was feeling very nervous, even though she's made it very clear that no matter what, she accepts me. I, I still felt very nervous. Um, and, while, and while I was figuring it out, what I was kind of thinking was just, I'm going to figure out if this, if this is, like, if I feel the same way for a month or so, then, then I'll tell my mom. And once I did, I told my mom. She was definitely, they were definitely feeling nervous. Um, to be clear, I struggle with the pronouns with 
um, kit because they're not out to everybody. Yeah. So I need to use appropriate pronouns with the people that they're not out to opposed to the people they are out to. Um, so it's, yeah. So anyway, struggle yeah. with using those proper pronouns in the proper yeah. situations. <laughs> but um, like Kit said, I, they know what my work is. I'm very affirming. I'm very accepting. And they were nervous and that I could tell they were really struggling on telling me something. I didn't know what that something was. Um, and I didn't want to guess in case I guessed wrong. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was hard. And I, um, it just, it just goes that whenever a person has to share something that they believe is outside of expectations, in particular parental expectations, it's hard. Even if they're pretty sure they're going to be accepted, it's still hard to share something that's going to say something different about them. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Kit, has it gotten easier or harder to navigate your gender identity as time has passed? Well, like I said before, once I told my mom, it was a lot easier because I was able to have another mind. And sometimes, I, I, like, when we would normally discuss this is from the car ride back from dance class. So I would, I would just say, hmm, I'm thinking... I, I think that this might work better for me. And once I said it out loud, I was like, no, it won't. So, so I think just having my mom there to listen helped me a lot than the time when I was just trying to figure it out all by myself. I encouraged um, you to identify some other very safe people to tell as well in our family, also very, very hard for them to tell those people, even though we knew we knew what their reaction was gonna be, still really hard, but that's given them another resource, um, people that are closer in age to get, they're, they're actually still adults, but they're closer in age, and just gives them an, um, another resource on which to process um, people that are, you know, pretty informed. Yeah, yeah. so just reinforces that people need support. Absolutely. And speaking of support, Kit, how can, or what are some of the things that the community can do to best support you um, as you navigate your gender identity? Well, I think that the main thing is that I, I think that we should try to normalize asking people what the pronouns are and not just assuming on what they look like. Uh, um, and yeah, I think just normalizing it a little bit more, that would help a lot. I'll add some things. Um, gender neutral bathrooms. Yeah. Stalls that go from, you know, all the way down to the floor. Those just... Well, and I think it makes it easier for families too. So it's not even, uh, um, you know, just a gender issue, but those just make those normal, just make those a part of our lives to accept people for who they are and not have, I understand it's an innate human thing to label things, to always know the details, but respect that we don't need to know the details about everything, that people can just live as they are Ultimately, it doesn't harm us, so there's, there's no reason to get caught up 
um, in what a person's gender is. And really at this day and age, how we react to someone or respond to them or have relationships, you know, interpersonal, normal, everyday relationships, it shouldn't matter what a person's gender or non-gender is. I, it doesn't really matter that I don't have a gender because is I'm the same person if, if I did have a gender. And I don't, don't really define myself by my gender, I'm just me. Yeah. And the other thing too is not identifying people as okay now boys and girls or ladies and gentlemen, but by by you know, by students, by audience, by what have you. We yeah. don't have to we don't have to be defined by our gender. Yeah, and it's very common in like schools and stuff to be boys on this side, girls on this side. I think that it should be more just be these people go on this side, these people go on that side. Because then, and it, they don't feel like they're being labeled. Um, I will add one thing about, they had a certain amount of perception from a very young age. And I, I don't think they're unique in this, but when we would go to the toy store, you know, you have the boys section and the girls section. They were probably four or five when they said, that's stupid. Why, what does that mean that there's boys toys and girls toys? Does that mean I can't play with certain toys? Um, so that, that, I don't recall that being an active conversation that I brought up. That was something that they noticed. And, and in the boy, boy section, it would always be like, oh, it's toy cargo stuff. And when I, and I was little, me and my siblings really liked playing with Hot Wheels. So we we thought that it was dumb that um, all the toy colleagues were in the boy section. I do want to add one more thing because people might think that um, it was definitely a tomboy or something like that, which there's nothing wrong with. That was definitely whom I was. Um, but... Kit was all things uh, traditionally girly. Yeah. Um, they were all about dresses and pink and pretty and My Little Pony. And I actually struggled with that because that is not who I was. And that was not what I valued, but it was what was important to them. And I had to look inside myself and be like, what was my deal? Why, why was I anti-pink? I I mean, now I'm definitely more tomboyish. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, when I was younger, I was obsessed with all things things traditionally girly. Yeah, yeah. So that was a big, um, I had to think about, I had to go inward myself, and I did embrace it because there was nothing wrong with that. And they were allowed to be who they were and value what they value. And, and that um, that may have been a reflection on how I saw society. I had a long conversation with my trans son yesterday and my kids challenge me all the time, but which makes it easier for you, kiddo. <laughs> um, but he shared with me kind of a um, colorblind mindset for transphobia. And I had to look inward again because he said, people don't necessarily accept a trans woman as a woman or a trans man as a man, but are just let live and let live. Just, you know, it doesn't matter. Just let them be, which is very much kind of a colorblind attitude towards race. 
Like, I don't see color. We're all just people. And in what he said was, okay, if that's all we can get, fine. But also, it gives people who want to, um, it gives people a foothold who want to hate to say, well, you're not really a woman and you're not really a man. So, you know, that was something I hadn't thought of. And I, again, I had to look in because, like, do I accept my trans son as a son? Is he really a male? Like, because I haven't, I've, I've been a whole lot, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I just want him to be happy and he can live his life. But if I'm not accepting him as a male and believe that he's a male, I'm doing him a disservice. So I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, well, go ahead. And also then there's, how do you define really a man? Yes. It's very philosophical. What is it to be a man? What is it to be a woman? What does that mean? So deep stuff. Uh, and also, they, they say, some people will say if the, of like, oh, just wearing a suit doesn't make you a woman, or oh, just wearing a suit doesn't make you a man. But uh, they're never trying to say that just wearing clothing is making them um, a gender. They're just wearing what they're comfortable with. And... The gender is what they feel. It's not what they win. <laughs> yeah, it's true. How are you supporting Kit through this navigation, and what has that been like for you as their parent? You know, as a parent, whenever um, your child is kind of stepping outside of the normative mainstream, what's already accepted, what's already expected, it's hard. You don't want them to have a more difficult life. I mean, as we talked about being non-binary, it's as simple as going to the store, what bathroom is more appropriate for them. And by default, they're more likely to choose the female bathroom because that's the path of least resistance. But is there going to be a point where that changes? Um, so, you know, we're, we're always looking at not that we're not accepting of who our child is, but we're afraid for them. We're afraid for what, how the world is going to be. We know um, people can be cruel. We know that people can be mean. Um, politically speaking, the rights for people who are um, not, do not live the gender they were assigned at birth, they can lose their job. They can lose their housing. You know, that, that's very uncertain. Medical, you know, there's, um, can they adopt children? There's just a lot of things. And you don't want that for your child. You don't want your child to live their life as a second-rate citizen. You want your child to be respected and be able to live their fullest life. And I understand that for my child being able to embrace both genders, neither gender, that is how they're going to live their fullest life. So then you lose a certain amount. Anytime that your child's going to have a particular struggle, that's hard. And it does feel like sometimes, not generally, but sometimes, couldn't you just do what everyone else expects? That would be so much easier. But that's not, that's not true. I mean, that's not, that's not being them who they are. So, you know, I have to support that. I have to support that. And I will, um, 
do what I can to help them change the rules of our society, the perceptions of our society. But um, I want them to be able to do as much of that for themselves too, because they deserve to be empowered. So, do you have some things you wanted to say to that? No. I know you identify as a gender, Kit. Can you explain a little bit about what it means to be a gender? Well, uh, on the surface, what it means is that I do not identify as any gender. I do not have a gender. And um, <coughs> a lot of the times when people think about um, gender is they think that there's male, female, and then in the middle, there's non-binary. But there's a lot more than that. Just in the little bit that I've been researching, I figured out about gender fluid, um, by gender. There are a lot of different things. And, or like demi boy or demi girl. That's at you kind of being a girl, but not. So there's a lot more than just that. Yeah, I mean, as they were doing their research, you know, I encourage them to do the research and don't try to fit a label or don't try to fit in a box. I mean, I think it's, it's great to find a way that you understand yourself better. Um, so try to find the thing that fits you, not that you try to fit it. And um, there has been a lot of conversation as they're trying to figure out um, better understanding themselves and figuring out what better defines them. I, I'm pretty confident that a, yeah. a gender And um, I figure it's possible it'll change, you know, as they learn more and learn more about themselves and um, evolve. And then there's never going to be the whole, well, you said, or anything like that. I They can be who they are. And um, I think it's good for <laughs> us to know ourselves. I mean, what I first told you was that I was that um, I'm non-binary, but now that I've researched a little bit more, I've realized that that does not fit me. Yeah, and I think that I was trying to fit into non-binary than having it fit me. Yeah, yeah. Kit, is there anything that you would like to add at all to the conversation? Um. That um, some people think that the the only way to um, to look the way that you feel in your head and in your mind is to have is to um, either have surgery or if you're younger have puberty blockers, but if and but all that really matters is that you're comfortable in your body. If you don't want to, then you don't have to. And people shouldn't, shouldn't treat you any different if you don't want to. I, I think that's all I, would, all I want to add. So you're saying surgery is not always necessary to live an authentic life. Yeah, it's a, I, I mean, the whole point of it is just for people who want it. Or, or, or need it. Or need it. Yeah. So... So if you don't want or need it, then there's no reason for you to get it. Right. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I appreciate the both of you for taking the time to educate us and so wonderfully at that.
As we finish our conversation, is there anything that you are excited about to share with the community kit? Well, I think just having another member of your community actually exist and knowing them is going to be a good thing because not everyone is going to have a member of that community in their own family. So I think just knowing that they're not alone and someone that they know is also in that community with them, I think that. And I think there's just a lot of value in, in diversity. I mean, as, as spring comes up and we are looking at all the beautiful flowers that are there, who's to say which one is the most beautiful? And when I mean, you see a tulip and like, oh, red tulip, it's beautiful. Oh, look at that white, yellow one. That's, oh, I've never seen that shade of purple before. I mean, which one is the best or, and, and how boring would it be if all we had was one shade of beautiful pink tulips? Well, maybe they'd be beautiful, but I, I think the beauty is in the, the diversity. And I think our strength is in having different ways of looking at things and different ways of approaching things. And if we're all the same, we don't get that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think our... Yeah, it's very good to have another point. Right. Right. So I, I think our strength and um, our value is in our diversity and, and being different from each other. Thanks for listening to Clear Thinking, a podcast produced by Better Broadhead. We are a federal grant funded community coalition building a community where everyone is valued and safe. To learn more about our work, to join as a volunteer, or to contact us about this or any other episode of the podcast, visit us on the web at betterbroadhead.org or find us on Facebook. Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of one another.